Activism isn't about being loud, it's about making a meaningful change. I'm a catalyst for change. Catalyst for change. I saw what was happening to our planet and the injustice of climate change. I was like, wow, I'm an activist at heart. Combining art and activism to inspire change. I had to find my place in activism as a young black woman. I realized you're never too small to take action. Youth have ideas for what a climate resilient future looks like. Protecting the environment isn't a wise people's thing. It's something for everyone. I wanted to learn about how inequality, poverty and gender intersect. Intersectional feminism is important to discuss. Now people are joining me and we're making change. I had to learn to trust my abilities and understand that my voice mattered. I proved to myself what I could do. Change needs to start with you and me. Youth are leading. Welcome to Youth Tell All a homegrown South African podcast sharing stories of young people taking action to create a more sustainable, inclusive, and equitable future for all. My name is Rachel Guys-Brown. I am a first-year student studying mechatronics engineering and a passionate climate activist. In today's episode, we'll be hearing a story from Hajar Ajummati, an 18-year-old studying medical bioscience at the University of the Western Cape but who describes herself as an intersectional feminist trying to find her place in the world. This is Hajar for the Youth Tell All podcast. My name is Hajar Kakiso Althaira Ajamati, and much like my name, I've got a long, but I like to think lovely story to share with you today. So I was born in Cape Town, and that's where I lived until I was 10 years old. And I come from a family of social scientists and activists. And not only did this mean growing up involved in activism from a young age, but it also meant being taught to question things from a very young age. And more importantly, being taught to acknowledge history and the importance of acknowledging not only our own history, but the history of our family, of our people and of our lands. Also, having parents that work for universities and having the privilege to be introduced to other social scientists from across the globe. And in exchange for my parents providing them with a meal, a bed for the night, etc., we got to learn about their story and their families and their backgrounds, their history and their culture, which was particularly interesting. Because of this upbringing that I had, that played such an important role in my deciding to take on this path as an activist. Then everything was all fun and games until my parents decided to completely displace me and my siblings and move us to Johannesburg. Now this was particularly tough for me because not only was I expected to leave behind all my family and friends, but also I was expected to start the intermediate years of my primary school in a place where these people had a completely different culture to mine. Whereas in Cape Town we'd be considered Cape Malay. Yeah, because of my skin color, unfortunately I was considered Indian. Indian. And so now I became known as this kid with this weird accent and this different culture and this really weird, funny, long name. And so I encountered my fair share of bullying. And so why increase my struggles and, you know, show the real me? So I decided to suppress this mini activist in me. And so I started going through this little bit of an identity crisis where I was like, okay, should I just suppress and change so I can fit in because who doesn't want to fit in? Or should I stay true to myself and continue preaching what my parents and what I'm growing up around? And 
keep in mind, my home situation most definitely did not change. If anything, I became more insightful on all these different things, all these political issues that my parents were constantly preaching about. And then just as I started to get used to primary school, I had to go and graduate to Greenside High School. I don't know why I caused problems for myself. <laughs> but then again, it was new school, new people, new environment. I mean, fortunately, I grew to see it as an opportunity and a change that I could be grateful for. And grateful I was when I discovered Model United Nations, the oh. Mind Club at Greenside. So this meant new people also because now you're not just like one friend group one grade but you're like the entire school and then of course new opportunities and then you know also I was feeling like Aladdin it was like a whole new world <laughs> so I like to break up my journey in UN into two distinct parts so part one which was grades eight to nine essentially was just the regular debates. So for those of you who don't know how Model UN works, it's essentially where we simulate the way delegations who debate and discuss topics, global matters in the United Nations. And so you've got delegations made up of one to three people and, you know, you represent a country to the best of your ability. And so I did well, you know, these are just the regular debates until UN part two, which is essentially grade 10 and above, where I realized, whoa, youth at Sire doesn't just offer debates. And I saw that they not only offer debates, but also programs such as the Young Researchers Symposium, where, you know, you were taught about policy writing and had the opportunity to meet many diplomats, which was pretty exciting. And my eyes were also opened up to various different global challenges, such as, you know, climate change, which I hadn't been exposed to as much in my younger ages. And then, of course, there were the youth policy committees, which was particularly interesting. For example, the gender working group, which piqued my interest because of my interest in feminism from a young age, something that had definitely been influenced by my mother and a project that she did around about her honours on the struggles of everyday Muslim women during apartheid. And then, of course, also the roles of women in my life. So, for example, what role did my great-grandmother play versus what role I am playing in this world today? And then my interest had been gained in feminism because of, you know, the increasing popularity of it in so on social media platforms like Feminist, for example, on Instagram as well as a halka group that I had been involved in. A halka is essentially a group of Muslims that talk about current affairs in relation to Quranic verses, and I had been involved in a youth halka group. So, you know, that was pretty cool. And then, of course, you know, being able to see the injustice of women across the world. Now, if you don't know anything about me, know that I'm the biggest people pleaser in the world. And so I was still suppressing my feminism at this point and the activist in me, because even though I started to show a little bit more of myself, I don't want to make people uncomfortable. That's scary. <laughs> and all of that changed when one month came about. August is known as Women's Month in South Africa. And in August 2019, there had been a gender-based violence outbreak. It had not been the first, but it had certainly been one of the biggest I had seen and heard of at that age. It felt like one week we had been commemorating the women of August 1956, and the very next week we had been praying and protesting for the fallen. And there were hashtags going around like hashtag MINX, hashtag GBVSA. And I completely broke. 
Because all I could hear and all I could see was that women are raped, women are killed, women are abused. And I had been so overwhelmed and so mad because it had appeared as though every significant man in my life, their lives went on. Absolutely nothing changed for them. If we look at the statistics in South Africa alone, every 37 seconds a woman is said to be raped and every three hours a woman is said to be murdered. And I had become so sick of everything. I couldn't understand it. And that was when an English teacher came up to me, a teacher of mine, who had seen parts of this feminist in me in class when I would argue with her and scream about every single stupid poem that we'd have to do. And also, now that I am here, can I just say that English teachers are the backbone of society? I said what I said. <laughs> and she came to me and she told me about this writing competition which gave you the opportunity to be published. And so I went to the workshop and they said that you could write about anything from gender, HIV, LGBTQ+, or race, or you could intertwine any of them. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is how I came to be published in a journal at 16. <laughs> so I wrote an article entitled Islam, Intersectionality and Feminism, where I wrote about how my various identities intersect and the importance of recognizing every different part of not just myself, but of yourself in general, because it opens you up to different parts of discrimination. And so that also brought me to the conclusion that I am an intersectional feminist, and I'm a damn proud one at that. I hate to break it to you, but nothing as exciting has happened since publishing the article. <laughs> but something very important did happen, a change in me, and that was my outlook on the world and how I choose to face these different topics that I encounter. I'm no longer scared to put myself or my opinions out there, to hide from anyone or anything, and certainly not to make people uncomfortable. And so if there is one piece of advice I can give you, it's that if you see wrong, you speak up about it, whether it's something small at the family dinner table or it's something big in public. Start small and remember that every single platform you have educates others. So whether it's just that Instagram post or it's on your WhatsApp status, you are educating someone. One person at least will see that and start to rethink. And my final message for you today is that we need to come together and we need to work together so that we can smash this damn patriarchy. Thank you. <laughs>
policy is very very important of course it is all your rules it's your procedures your laws you're making things official all these things that you are just casually conversing about you are now putting them into writing and you're giving people a guiding framework a direction right because without policy you're not going to know where to go and for me especially the chair one thing it said it's very important to get into policy as youth because we need to be putting our voices out there we need to be putting our input and our opinions out there and also if there's one thing i found it's that policy seems scary from the outside you're like oh my god this is so big and you're putting things into writing but it's really not that scary you are taking your thoughts and you are sharing them and you are sharing the interests of the youth and you are sharing your opinions and it's quite simple really and i it was definitely a big part of my journey as an activist i have the same feeling that looking at policy it does often look quite daunting but such an important space for our voice to be heard and one last question for you you've just finished high school and you're about to start a new chapter in your life what are some of the things you're thinking about doing and how do you want to continue supporting the feminist movement? So as you guys know, I've just started university. I'm in my first year now. And so um and and I'm studying medical bioscience. A field that I like to think is also, you know, being a feminist in my own way in the STEM sector and yeah. But also because I am in my first year of university and it's a whole different world, it's a whole different space. I am honestly very unsure of what I'm going to do and how I'm going to use this newfound freedom that I have. But if there is one thing I know for sure, it's that I will definitely continue being a feminist and and making my voice heard. So as you know, I started off sharing my opinions on social media using my Instagram platform, and that's definitely something that I'm going to continue doing. Possibly um, joining a couple of university clubs, something societies things where i can continue sharing my my message and yeah spreading my my voice yeah as a, a fellow first year i completely understand that you know finding our new space and moving but definitely i'm excited to see what you continue doing hajar thank you so much for joining us today for sharing such a personal and sensitive story and for reminding us all that we're all on a journey to finding our place that's all we have time for today, friends. Join us next time to hear more stories of youth making change in their communities. The Youth Tell All podcast is a production from Youth at Sire, the youth programs at the South African Institute for International Affairs. Youth at Sire is focused on giving a voice to young Africans to tackle the major issues that confront them while building capacity to engage with policymakers at national, regional, and international levels. Youth at Sire empowers youth with the skills to become the continent's leaders with a commitment to co-creation and collaboration, inclusivity, decolonization, social justice, and intersectionality. Our broader thematic areas cover climate change, gender, education, employment, and sustainable and regenerative futures. This series has been made possible with the financial support of the European Union's Partnership Instrument and the German Federal Ministry for the Environment, Nature Conservation and Nuclear Safety through the International Climate Initiative. The opinions expressed are the sole responsibility of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views of the funders. This episode was produced by Kiara Wirth and Desiree Koshuluk in collaboration with Solid Gold Podcast Studios. 
The Youth at Sire leadership team includes Desiree Koshuluk, Vidabuho Libia, Lucille Naidu, and Idumeleng Mpure. Story development has been done by Kiara Wirth. If you have a story to share or want to learn more about our podcast, our programs, or how to get involved in youth activism, head over to our website, sire.org.za slash youth. That's S-A-I-I-A dot org dot Z-A slash youth. Youth at Sire is across social media sites too. So find us wherever you are. Thanks for listening. And until next time, remember, youth are leading.